I'm Lights Camera Jackson, and this is the LCJ Q&A Podcast. If you've been listening to the podcast over the years, you know the very first episode I did was with Tom Kenny, the voice of SpongeBob. And now here we are, almost 200 episodes later, and the Patrick Star Show is here. Already a big hit for Nickelodeon. And joining me to talk about this SpongeBob spinoff is executive producer Jenny Monica and developer Claudia Spinelli, the senior VP of Animation Development at Nickelodeon. Jenny and Claudia, good to be with both of you today. Thanks. Hi, Jackson. Thank you. Let's jump right into this. Jenny, we had the series premiere on July 9th and a huge splash with the promotions and the marketing from Nickelodeon and the premiere was a major success. Claudia, when did you realize that after 20 plus years of Patrick being a part of the SpongeBob world, when did you realize that Patrick deserved his own spinoff series? (laughs) Well, you know, it happened not too long after we started development of Camp Coral, which would have been, I feel like it was, Jenny, it was like the, the top of 2019 with Camp Coral development. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's like, I think in um, around summer of, of 2019, I think was when we were really then shifting focus over to Patrick. Uh, and what was really cool was, was seeing that after, like you said, Jackson, after 20 plus years, there have been so many stories that um, got to explore not only SpongeBob, but so many of the other characters throughout Bikini Bottom. Uh, and you could see how each one of those um, main, main characters around him had the potential to drive story, had the potential to maintain your interest, your love, and Patrick being, like, next to SpongeBob, the most beloved character in Bikini Bottom. It, it just felt like our first time out where we we put the spotlight on someone else, it had to be Patrick. He is so beloved and so funny, and I've watched the first episode, and we'll get into some of my favorite parts of it here in a little bit, but this show, what's so great about it is it's about the world of television, and a few classic SpongeBob episodes celebrate that with As Seen on TV and Squid TV. So, Jenny, what makes the concept of a TV variety show for Patrick so appealing as you're making these episodes? Well, I think the options are unlimited. You can kind of do anything. So within the commercials, you can do anything within Patrick's imagination. You can go anywhere. Um, It really opens up the episodes for the writers um, to kind of really do whatever they want. Very freeing. Oh, I can imagine, yes. Anytime, like, those classic episodes, you know, went into TV so spot on, and we've already got that here. I can imagine it's a a ball for the writers. And, Claudia, how important was it, you talk about all these beloved characters from Bikini Bottom, how important was it in this Patrick Star show to include SpongeBob and Squidward and Plankton and the rest of the Bikini Bottom gang? Oh, very much so. I, you know, this is this. Even though it's like we said, the spotlight shifted on Patrick. They are all still such uh, an important part of that whole community, and you can't tell a story about one without including those moments with the others. It just feels like it's real life. You know, they are all longtime citizens of Bikini Bottom. Their home addresses may have changed. SpongeBob may not have found that pineapple just yet. But it's lovely to be able to pick back up on this idea that following um, their childhood and those summers they spent at Camp Coral, they're continuing their friendship. They're continuing having fun. They're continuing their lives. And you want to be able to have those little moments, pardon me, where you can reconnect to those, um, to those mainstays of that entire 
SpongeBob universe. So yeah, it was it was absolutely vital that we make sure we can provide those little touch points with with all of those familiar faces in Bikini Bottom. Yeah, definitely. It's already a great companion to the core show, and you both have mentioned Camp Coral, the prequel series of When They're Very Young that's now on Paramount+. Plus. Now, what interested you, Jenny, uh, and still does interest you, about wanting to explore this in-between period of time there, YA years, if you will? Question. I mean, I think since we're exploring the early years with Camp Coral and then we have the later years, it seems kind of natural to kind of figure out where he was, where SpongeBob was, or the other characters, where they are in that in-between time and what, you know, got them to where they're at. So I think it was fun to explore that as well. We hadn't really touched on that. There was conversations that we'd had also with um, you know, Mark Ciccarelli and Vincent Waller around, um, around the, like, the why at this particular moment in Patrick's life. And... Um, along with, with, with wanting to make Patrick the star of his own show, there is also a great opportunity to go more into his personal life and include the rest of the star family. But for Patrick to be home with the family, you wanted to have it be like an, a, a really inappropriate situation. Um, and, and what the guys had, had, um, had identified was that if it was like bikini bottom today, um, Patrick is he's mastered adulthood, or at least in his mind, right? He lives on his own, under his own rock. Um, Bubble Bass is the, is the grown-up that's still relying on his mom uh, and hanging out at home. And they're like, no, let Bubble Bass own that space. So for Patrick to be home, he hasn't yet reached adulthood. He's still going to be, like Jenny was saying, in that really wonderful between phase where he hasn't, he hasn't stepped out of the nest just yet. He's still got a little bit of that attachment to, um, to life as a kid, uh, you know, to, to being able to play and use his imagination. Yeah. Um, and, and live at home, rely on his parents, rely on his family. Yeah. Give him that permission. He's not, he's not that worldly yet. Right, right, yeah. You mentioned um, Mark Ciccarelli and Vincent Waller. They were here on the podcast a little bit ago for Camp Coral. They're also a core part of the Patrick Star Show. And you, you mentioned, Claudia, uh, Patrick's family. We've got his parents. We've got his grandfather. We've got Squidina, his sister. How challenging was it to make sure in coming up with the looks of the characters and the backstories of these characters and how they are, how important was it to make sure, hey, these are perfect and need to be perfect additions to this Patrick Star world? Very much so. Yeah, I mean, Jenny, remember you, you, you and I were talking with the guys a lot about this and, and um, the concern that in that Star family, you didn't want to create a dynamic where you had a bunch of normal people you know, where it's always the joke. You just feel like you're you're hitting and, and, and repeating this recurring joke of, oh, Patrick comes from a normal family and he's the oddball. Instead, it was, let's, let's use this opportunity to reinvent that family and show how you get a kid like Patrick. He comes from a family of other totally wackadoo eccentrics, with the exception of Grandpa. You know, Grandpa is the one that you could say is the most normal of everyone, and right. that's where you can then... Instead of having it be a, a repeat entire joke, you now just get terrific chemistry. There's a dynamic there. There's that conflict with the one outlier in the family that's looking at everyone else, knowing that they are completely bonkers. 
Mm. He's the same one. <laughs> yeah, I, li- I like Grandpa so far, and I look forward to watching more of him. Jenny Monica and Claudia Spinelli of the Patrick Star Show are with me now on the LCJ Q&A. It's on Friday nights at 7 on Nickelodeon. So the first episode, Late for Breakfast, it's very funny. And I read all of the credits that come up in that one moment in, in the episode. Jenny, I paused the TV, made sure I read them all. Jenny, how long did it take to come up with all those clever names and titles in those credits? <laughs> uh, actually, I would have to ask the writers specifically, but they, it's basically not very long. It was kind of, it was part of it uh, in the final script when we were doing the designs and they started on it. So uh, they're quick, you know, it doesn't take them very long. I don't know, maybe a week. <laughs> that, that's amazing and I've already seen so many screenshots of that on social media and, and all the diehard uh, Spongebob fans between the four of them they were all doing a little bit of each <laughs> yeah yeah oh man they're so funny they're so clever and now Claudia how was it coming up with the giant television set that is attached to Patrick's parents' house that also sort of doubles as a performance stage. It's a very clever way to give to us the the show within the show. Isn't it? Yeah, I loved it. When we saw the design uh, that they did, it was just like just a beautiful, rough, pen and ink drawing, I think. Maybe Jenny, was it Vincent who did that drawing? Um, I mean, he just had rough, a yeah. Yeah, it was brilliant, right? And it's and it's something that feels familiar. You know, many of us have have grown up in homes, you know, or, or new people have seen them where you've got you've got your little house, and then there are the additions, the additional room that's attached to the side, and and it's fitting in the theme of Bikini Bottom, um, that like the visual theme of Bikini Bottom, that everything you see for the most part that makes that town, that city, what it is, it's all found objects, things that have drifted down from our world down to the, the ocean floor. Uh, so to now take this found object of a television, have that be the add-on of the house, it's just like you said, Jackson, you now also have the perfect stage within which Patrick can do his show. And, it, like, and I love how he goes back and forth between facing like his pet sea urchin in the audience <laughs> in his room, but then he'll also, you'll see it from time to time, the neighborhood's shown up. They've got, they're sitting in, like, the lawn in their lawn chairs. Or some poor guy is walking by totally, like, freaked out because he's seen, you know, Patrick, you know, spread out in a sea star pose with his tush up against the, the glass. He's going to go, oh, he gets a great reaction from it. So, yeah, it's just, it's great for so many reasons. But thematically, it's just spot on and beautiful. It, it is very clever and, and kind of goes along with everything that this franchise has stood for from the beginning, which is everything has more than one meaning and the clever writing, and it attracts people of all ages. So, yeah, that's that's very spot on. And speaking of the very beginning, you know, SpongeBob premiered in 1999, and Jenny, you've been deep in this saga from the start. What overall do you think has amazed you about this franchise, these characters, and the impact they have had on millions around the globe? Oh, well, of course, the longevity amazes me. You know, when we first started, Steve thought, you know, we'd have three seasons. <laughs> you know? mm. And then when they wanted a movie, it was like, oh, wow, movie. And then after the first movie, it's, okay, let's go back to the series. And it was, um, I think, the way that it appeals to all ages um, is amazing. Also, I, my nieces grew up with it. My kids now um, watch it. Uh, you know, my nieces are now in college, and they still watch it. So that the age range that it touches um, is kind of uh, amazing also. So Steve said that it was originally, the original thought was just for three seasons, and now here we are 20 years later. That is crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That is amazing. He was. He said he'd be happy if he got three seasons, and now here we are, you know, season 13. <laughs> Un- unbelievable, and the quality is still so impressive, and, and I think he's looking down on everybody going, wow, amazed with the third movie. I mean, Sponge on the Run, which which was a, a big hit for Paramount Plus earlier this year, and uh, big in Canada in theaters last summer was so great, and um, I was talking with Tim Hill about how the third act of that film has that kind of It's a Wonderful Life feel, and my gosh, it got me. So that was uh, that was so good. As we wrap things up here on this LCJ Q&A, Claudia, you know, Johnny Carson has had a many famous guest hosts over the years. He had Joan Rivers, he had Gary Shandling, so many others. Am I possibly in the running to guest host on Patrick Starr's show? Oh, oh my goodness gracious, Jackson. I don't know. We'll have to, like, what's, what's the saying? Have your people call, call our people, which would really be Adina <laughs> Star, Patrick's little sister, I guess, is the one we'd have to get in touch with. Yes, I have to. I'll call Squidina, and we'll try to get this going. <laughs> it would be such an honor. It absolutely would. And I, I think this, uh, this interview today is a good uh, foundation and a starting point to make that happen. Hopefully Squidina is impressed by this interview. Well, I can't wait to see all these episodes. A telethon episode is coming and so much more from the Patrick Star Show Friday nights at 7 on Nickelodeon. Executive producer Jenny Monica and developer Claudia Spinelli, thank you for your time today. Thanks so much for being on the LCJ Q&A. Thank you for having me, Jackson. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. For more, go to lights-camera-jackson.com and Twitter at LCJ Reviews. I will see you next time right here on the LCJ Q&A.